Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 66. On this episode, I have Aaron Fentel and Regina Nardis with me. And today we're going to talk about marketing used equipment via social media. So let's go ahead and kick this off, Aaron. You're on Twitter, Twitter. You're on Twitter quite a bit with the stuff that you have out there. Mm-hmm. Talk to me how you got started doing that and, and how successful it's been for you. How I got started doing it was pretty much just... You know, I got on Twitter three years ago or so and never really was never a big fan of it, you know, as far as just in general. So as I'm, you know, <laughs> then you just decide to spend some time on there, see what it's all about, learn how it all works, following people. And this farmer follows this farmer to this farmer to this farmer. And, you know, that's pretty much what my entire Twitter was, was football information and um, farmers that are on Twitter. So I just up and decided here last fall or so um, to take some of my wholesale price machines and throw them out there, see what happens. And it was met pretty much with wide open arms, you know, with, with the current farm economy and everything guys were looking for a deal like that and you know it's kind of a it's kind of a unique niche too because it it is a wholesale priced item and I try to get as close to auction as possible um but you're still buying it from a deer dealer right so I like to think of it as kind of the perfect storm scenario where it's not just well here's the keys you know good luck um and not saying that's how wholesale outfits are at all, but it's it's a wholesale price machine backed by a John Deere dealer, and it's you know it's a very with my personality and how I operate, it's a very no BS you know approach. Here's here's the numbers and yes or no. Right, right. You're on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. Your family farms back in eastern Nebraska. Yeah, dad has a hay grinding business and all that kind of stuff. You're out here in Western Nebraska. Your husband has a ranch and family has a ranch, and they they farm everything else. So you're like uber involved in in ag ag as you know the actual production side of stuff. How's that work with with the social media stuff that you do? And then when you're looking at equipment out there, what do you see? So the power of social media is huge, and the connections that you can make to people across the entire United States. That's what I love the most about it, and actually that's what I love the most about Twitter. So, you know, my Facebook is full of my friends and my family and all that kind of stuff. And and not that I don't, I mean, I love to see what my friends and my family are doing, but you know, that's primarily what I use it for. Um, and Twitter for me is more of honing into the ag industry. That's my go-to resource. So, um, you know, talking to farmers in Kansas and Oklahoma and seeing what they're experiencing and what they're going through, that's huge for me. And I and I appreciate that. It's not just, you know, because it's my job. I really do care about agriculture day in and day out. Like it's it's something that runs in my blood and it's deep down in my soul. So I do care about connecting with those friends and those people that I get to know through Twitter. But at the same time, you know, they don't they're not on my Facebook page. They don't get to see every aspect of my life necessarily for the last 10 plus years I've probably been on Facebook. Right. And that's the one thing too about when you really, when you take a look at all the stuff that you have, 
the, the, the various social media platforms. You know, you got Twitter's dynamically different than Facebook. Oh, yeah. And Facebook is dynamically different than Instagram. And Instagram is different than all of them put together. I mean, there's, there's not one of them out there that are, that are uh, <clears throat> you know, like each other enough to where you're going to get the same thing. In the ad community, um, Twitter's actually been as the king when it comes to that. I mean, oh, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of people out there that are in ag that are strictly on Twitter that aren't on anywhere else. <clears throat> and learning how to use those different mediums to con- get a hold of different people or, or, or to follow that information stream that you're looking for, it is, it is dynamically, it's so much dyna- more dynamic, mm-hmm. especially with the 240 character thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there trying to you know, paint a picture of a piece of equipment you have 240 characters to do that with. This Used is a combine. It's 480 now. It's 480 now? Yeah. I thought they changed that. You can expand your tweet. Oh, you can? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. You, but, you, you, it was, that was It was what, 240 for the longest time. They just recently. like December yeah. something. November, December. It was It's very recent. So I'm late, I'm late coming to Twitter thing. So I, I thought when they said they expanded the 240 thing was what they expanded to. So. I am. Officially. So now I can type duels instead of DLS. Yeah. <laughs> but I will absolutely. say too, like for the farmer and rancher or the guy that's trying to sell his own products, mm-hmm. um, I think Facebook has totally changed the game for that. And case in point, like um, a show goat, a, a place that sells show goats or show sheep or mm-hmm. show cattle, um, you know, I think that has really driven that business to the next level. Um, just for the fact that they're connecting to their producers or their families across the board. Um, or There's even groups on Facebook called Western Nebraska Livestock Exchange. There's different various groups. And my very own husband, he sold um, some cedars on there just this past week. And he would have never made that connection if it wasn't for social media. So right. um, the power of it's huge in connecting people that you would never be able to touch on your own. Well, in case in point, you know, with my little hobby farm, it's got a Facebook page and all that jazz. And I used to have a Twitter for my little stupid hobby farm. And you get, you know, for, for that little pretend operation, you get way more interaction on Facebook because there are so many more hobbyists, you know, pretenders out there like myself versus what I have found on Twitter is, I mean, that's real life production guys, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, for, for my hobby farm, I think Facebook is, is a way better thing. And the other hobbyists for the job of moving machinery, Twitter is by, f- by far the best. Yeah. What is the, uh, the single biggest connection that you think you've made thus far? in selling equipment on social media? Is it when more through, you know, how much stuff you listen on Facebook compared to Twitter? I mean, are you, are you specifically looking at doing your listings on Twitter only, or do you use Facebook as well? No, I just, <laughs> I just use Twitter. Um, I did Facebook before, made a, you know, 21st wholesale page, promoted it, all that kind of stuff. And it was a giant waste of time compared to Twitter um, you got a lot of strokers and pretenders and all that kind of stuff on there on as far as the Facebook thing goes the Twitter thing is 
you know, it's been legit real life. You know, I'll retweet something when it's sold and, you know, there's been good sales on there just because it's, it's a great avenue to get a lot of exposure. There's a lot of guys, you know, that I've talked to that, that retweet my stuff all the time and mm-hmm. on down the line. And there's probably half of the things I've sold on there was to a guy who was not, we, we didn't follow each other until he saw the retweet from someone else, got a hold of me, we made a deal, so on and so forth. And then mm-hmm. that guy retweets and on down the line, man. And we've done the same thing. Um, so for Aaron, it works really good reaching out to um, producers across the entire U.S. Um, for our own company Facebook page, we've done some different um, used equipment deals of the week. Um, most of them are centered around a payment option and it gets a lot of attention or, you know, our sales guy shares it and his customers see it. And that's, I mean, that's the power of this thing is, you know, virtually we touched numerous different customers with very little effort or we gave, you know, it's just like printing out a flyer and giving it to that sales guy to go out to. Well, no, he can have it instantly and share it on his Facebook page and all of his buddies or his customers or his friends or neighbors or whatever, they can see that post as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it just goes back to reaching so many people instantly with very little effort. Yeah. What, what, um, what power do you think you would have for a guy that sold his piece of equipment to like, we traded it in for him to, for us to get him on Twitter and say, tell me about your piece of equipment, put that out there or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, post that video. What kind of power do you think that would have and and just increase the sellability of the unit? I I think it would have some. um, I think you and I would differ on the impact it would have in general um, just because we're talking different markets to a point, you know. But I I think it would definitely have a positive impact. I think for... You know what what Gene is talking about in that realm. I think it would be I think it would be a, a big deal. Um, as far as that, you know, it's kind of a different marketing segment, different approach, that kind of thing. I think it would be pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the single number one thing that our sales guys get asked when a customer is looking at a piece of equipment is they want to know who owned this mm-hmm. before before me, who traded it in. And, you know, if it's somebody that they know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, home run, I'm going to buy this because I know this guy. Or, you know, if they don't know him, they're like, okay, well, what does this guy do? How does he run his operation? I mean, that definitely plays a huge role into what our sales guys do here in territory. Yeah. And one of the biggest questions I always ask, and it's, it's, it's always like a, a litmus test about how, how good a piece of equipment has been taken care of, is how often did you change the oil? You know, that's one thing, you know. And, you know, it's 250-hour increments. That's what you see. And, and most of the time, people always say they do this, this stuff. But one guy did ask, like, when you when you changed oil on this, did you do it per the owner's manual or per what you thought was the right thing to do? And he was testing that. You know, he was obviously one of those guys that if it said at 250 hours you do X, Y, and Z, he was doing X, Y, and Z. So, you know, that was a big deal to him. So going as far as even logging that stuff in the – putting those receipts and putting that log in there that that makes a big difference too and and be able to post that how do you feel um instagram is going i don't see a whole lot of of ag folks on it yet and i might just not have the right followers either but 
I don't see it as, as dominant as I see on the Twitter side. Obviously, there are a lot of people that, that are on Instagram. It's growing every every day. How do you think that's going to play because of how that medium works mm-hmm. in, in what we're talking about here as far as equipment goes? So Instagram is kind of an interesting one, and it's actually Instagram is owned by Facebook. Um, but Instagram completely 100% drives off of hashtags. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I wouldn't say, like, I would say there's more younger users that are on there, probably users that are tired of Facebook, and they deleted their Facebook account, and they just want to use an Instagram account. Um, so, because all that Insta- Instagram is, is it's it's a it's a picture, and then words underneath it, um, but you can't put any links in into the comments area on Instagram, which is kind of difficult to market with, because you can't say, you know, check out this tractor, and link back to it. Um, cause Instagram doesn't allow you to put links in there. So that is a little bit difficult. Um, the other thing that Instagram just launched was a stories. So it's very similar to Snapchat where for 24 hours you can put something up on the top on your story and it shows on the top of everybody's feed. Um, but I think it's more, I don't necessarily think that Instagram is a, a selling type feature, but it's more of a, like, check out what we're doing. Um, it's more of an attention getter, um, you know, in a conversation starter with customers. It's not, I would say it's probably the least, um, the least platform, the least likely or least useful platform for trying to actually sell a product. Mm-hmm. Um, just exposure, just more of exposure. Um, same thing with, there's a lot of small businesses that, you know, they're not necessarily putting a post out every day, but they're putting, posting something on their story cause they want people to watch it. They want people to see it. But at the same time, you have to actually dig into their website or go visit them on Facebook to actually dig in and see that. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult to actually market via Instagram. Right. So Facebook did something similar too, where they took that same approach with put your story up there. They've done that. Oh, I don't know how long ago did they start that. Not very long ago. Mm, probably the end of the year. Yeah. And it you, it'll actually feed. So like you can either do your story from Facebook or you can feed your Instagram stories directly to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you think that's? Do you think that's going to be a little bit different? I mean, that's going to give Facebook a little different feel and approach now that you can do that. Or do you do you feel like it's still kind of going to be the same? medium that we're used to so for me that on facebook is super annoying because it's all the people that i follow on instagram so i'm already (laughs) i mean there's nothing there's maybe a couple that are that i'm not following on instagram that are on my facebook but i totally completely 100 percent ignore it right okay (laughs) um and and i'm almost getting that to the point with certain instagram users too because it's like they have you know they have 10 posts a day of what they're doing and to me, I'm like, okay, I don't really want to see that much of your stuff per day, you know. Um, you know, one post is okay, or like if it's something interesting and engaging. Um, and that's kind of the key, too. Like everything that you have that you put out there has to be something that people are going to want to look at. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a, you know, an, a crazy good equipment deal or a rare find, um, but it all goes back to um, customer engagement and interaction with that post. Because if you're just putting stuff out there and nobody's liking it or retweeting it, then if, if that's all you're getting, is it really worth it? Right. Um, so you have to be very careful with the content that you put out there and how you put it out there. Right. So basically, Regina is a Instagram Nazi also. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love Instagram personally, uh-huh. yeah. but from a business standpoint, I don't know if it's like 100% the way to go. Right. You know, your top two are probably your Facebook and your Twitter, and I don't think those are going away anytime soon. It's definitely a tool to put in your toolbox, um, especially, you know, we've talked, I mentioned Snapchat. Um, I see like different events or different organizations use Snapchat, but they only use it, you know, one time a year or whatever, but they're also putting the same exact content onto their Instagram story. So right. why would I follow them on Snapchat, you know? Right. Um, that's kind of my theory there. I see Snapchat being, like for us, I think Snapchat would be a very powerful tool on the days that it's, you know, it's during planting season. And demo they got day. Demo day, they got rained out or whatever, harvest, you know, if they're in the tractor, in, in the combine or whatever it is that they're doing. I could see that being a useful thing there because you have a captive audience for some, for looking to be entertained, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to be flipping through there, and if they see that kind of stuff, it's going to do that. I don't. I think it would be incredibly hard to have a Snapchat campaign to where you were like, "Well, hell yeah, it disappears." Know. Well, I understand that, but you have to look at it first. <laughs> right. Oh shit! What was the price of that? It just went up. <laughs> Dang it! You know her point though about Instagram being for the the younger crowd and that. You know, that's a perfect example. I'm not on Instagram, and my son thinks Facebook is stupid, and Instagram is where it's at. So, there's a perfect example. Yeah. No, I, man, it's so hard to, to really Instagram doesn't doing. have as many ads as, like, what Facebook has, so I think there's a probably a shift of people that just get tired of seeing all the stuff on Facebook, so they move to Instagram, because all they really care about is the pictures of their friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care about the long stories or the political things that you see out there or, you know, that type of stuff. Right. Um, There's political stuff on Facebook? None just, at all. Just a little bit. None at all. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little micro amount. Not much. Not much at all. So, when you are looking at Instagram, mm-hmm. and you go through the whole deal, and you can do the share to Facebook, share to Twitter, and I think Tumblr or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, that one you can pick from. I didn't even realize Tumblr is still around, but... But uh, what do you think that works well? I mean, because you're sending. I always think you're having three different things. You're sending three different places on the, and you're sending out the same message. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And and do you see that being kind of active? So in theory, it's a great theory because you're going and posting in one place, and it goes out to three other places or whatever. Um, but the way, and I'm not. I'm not 100% sure on Twitter, but the way that Facebook works is mm-hmm. Facebook will actually punish you from posting from a third-party site, um, meaning you're not going to get as many reaches with your post if you post it from Instagram. So that kind of makes it difficult just from the new algorithms that um, Facebook put out at the beginning of the year. So it's really best to probably it's really best to put to post to Facebook organically, mm-hmm. um, and then when it I've seen plenty of Instagram stories that go to Twitter, but then again, it has, so then it links back to your Instagram page. So it's not like, so you have to, you know, from Twitter, you hit the Instagram and it has to open up the Instagram app. Does that make sense? So it's not like you can just click the button and go to your content, um, which is kind of annoying to probably some people that are out there in the, in the spaces. So you lost me at algorithm. Algorithms. (laughs) Organically, but there is some different programs out there that you can use to post to Facebook specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Buffer is one. Hootsuite used to be huge in Twitter. 
Um, so there are some different players out there that you can use to schedule posts to all of those platforms for you. Um, but there again, you just have to be cognizant of making sure that Facebook specifically, because they're the ones that are, um, they're very specific as to who sees your posts and they're very concerned with who's seeing your posts if you're a business. Um, so you just got to make sure that if you're posting from a third party site, that it's getting as many reaches as if you post organically to Facebook. Cognizant. Organic. Now, can you post to Facebook from Facebook? <laughs> yeah, Facebook stories. If you touch that blue F, you can type on there and it boom, it shows up. Right on, right on. All right. Well, I think we've beat this one to death. Um, well, it depends on if you've been organically cognizant of your algorithms. That's true. What about email blasts? There you go. Let's talk about email blasts. I, I really... Get after it. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. I really think it's kind of the way of the future, um, more or less, because, you know, my husband and I were a younger generation farmer, and the magazines that pile up on my counter drive me nuts. And, you know, my husband's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read those. I'm going to read those. Well, it's like once a month he reads them, and we get three, four, five a week, probably. I don't know how many, but, um, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't want that clutter. Like, get it out of the house type of deal. Um so I really think that there's probably a lot of value in email campaigns and reaching your customers that way. Cause there's a lot of farmers, you know, I mean, they're obviously on their computer, they're checking their DTN and, mm-hmm. and, and the commodities and the weather and, you know, they're working on their data. I just really think that there's a lot of power probably in those emails. Listening to after the bell, Chip Nellinger. There you go. Yep. Hashtag moving iron. I, I would, use it a lot. You know, yeah, like constant blast. contact and those yeah. kind of things. Oh, yeah. I use a lot of email blasts. And and what I've done a lot of times, too, is with um, if, if a guy follows me on Twitter, not if I follow him, but if he follows me, I will reach out to him and see, you know, if I can have his email address. And I don't, I don't even share it with the company or anything like that. Um, just as I, because there's a lot of times Twitter's great for one piece or a pair but there's a lot of times I got a hot list or you know of random things that we're getting aggressive on or there might be you know got this package of tractors that are crazy smoking deal Mm -hmm. and I can send that via that way um and I've used I set up a I used to do it with like 10 guys per email group and then pretty soon I'm like you know, between dealers and wholesalers and farmers, I've got a hundred groups. That's a hundred different damn emails, you yeah. know? So I one day decided, oh, I'll try this constant contact thing and boom, you know? And the cool thing about that is it tells you where it bounced from. Mm-hmm. It tells you, cause I, and I don't use it on every single thing. Sometimes I still do the email from the computer. It tells you who unsubscribed from it. You know, so you can take them off the computer side of it. Um, it's just really handy. Yeah. It's it's still it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's still not as easy as, or I shouldn't say as easy. It's way easier than the computer. But you, I I find it harder to pack in the amount of information. 
You know, because a lot of times when I build a hot list, I'll have make, model, hours, and then, you know, half of your screen per line item is the specs. Well, to turn that into a JPEG and get it on, um, like on constant contact and get it to fit the frame right and all that is a nightmare. I'm always fighting that. So in those instances, it's still easier to have those contact groups and just send it out via email. But, you know, there again, if you have, if, if you have a small group and it, it's, it's a great tweener, if you will, um, where you can, you know, it's more than one piece, but it's not a list of 10, you know, you can kind of get it on constant contact, get it to work. Cause I've also found the more pictures you put on there, like I've, I've just had trouble with it sending through, you know, cause the ideally on constant contact, I don't do it a lot different than Twitter, you know, Twitter, you can put four pictures with your description and constant contact. I'll do two to six. So okay. it's kind of a run over thing, but, but you target who you're sending it to. Right. right. That's, that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I was trying to get through with that 20 minute spiel is you can target who you're sending it to. So you're picking demographics, right? So you're looking at, you're going to send XYZ pieces to these guys and something over to this different over to maybe a, an end user buyer or something like that. Me, yeah, not, not so much, not with how I operate. It's pretty much the same thing is what it is. So you're not segmenting out your equipment based on whatever, you know, condition or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that once in a while, if we have like an engine blows up on an eighty three hundred, right. right? We had an eighty five thirty in here a couple month ago right. that we were looking for bids on, and I didn't send that to dealers. I didn't send it to farmers. I sent to the wholesalers. You know, mm -hmm. hey, might have this in. Do you have any interest? What's your buy number on it? You know that kind of thing. Um, another one is the off color stuff. Okay. Yeah. Red, blue, yellow orange right. you get that in i will send that to the farmers and the wholesalers i'm obviously not going to send that to the john deere dealers right so you don't think they want to buy case stuff i wouldn't yeah I, I wouldn't might be a tough sell might be a little bit of a tough sell there so i think from my standpoint i think when you send that email out it's a very personal thing you know you're 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 personally engaging that a single person especially with something like like a program like constant contact where it is a you know, singular type deal that you're that you're putting in, and then you're sending out to someone. I think that makes a big difference in in how the the approach to the the person that's that's responding to that, what their response is going to be. It's it's going to be more of a organic response than a kind of response to a mass kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that totally. And I forgot. Never mind. You don't have that same problem. Had an excellent yeah. excellent point. It was our it was our Emmy, but it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Oh man. Okay. Um, anything else? You oh, think? oh, that's what I was getting at. When, when you said the email is a personal thing, mm -hmm. I've had probably of you know how many say a thousand guys that I've reached out to, um, you know about five hundred answer, and there's been. 25 or so that are like no you know if it's on here you know i'm watching mm -hmm. you know i want to buy from you you've got great deals and but 
I have worked so hard for 10 years to make sure nothing is in my email ever, ever, ever that I didn't put there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, I, I get it. You know, yeah. I open my my civilian email every morning and I'm like, what is, why is this even here? Right. You know? So yeah. I, I get that. And there, and there's guys that way, you know, they're like, no, but I'm buddies with such and such. And, you know, I know that he gets your emails and we talk often enough that he knows what I'm kind of looking for too. So yeah, I'm no, like, my, no, that's totally fine, dude. You know, I'm I, not going to get all pissy that you won't give me your email address. <laughs> right. So, I, I get the same way. I mean, my email, I open it up, I'm like, what? when did I ask something from Sherry's Berries? Where'd that come from? You know, and then it just, stuff just ends up there. So anyway, but I think, I think the email thing is, is that's one of those things I really feel is going to be, the better you can engage people in email, the better you're going to have really connecting with that person on a, on a one-on-one basis. Right. I think using the social media thing, it's like, you're kind of throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks mm-hmm. and um, you're getting people to respond to that and the people that are interested in like your deals like that or whether we're having a demo day or uh, whatever it might be you know all that stuff pops up on there and and it just makes a big difference in in how that how that's all going to play out so well not only that but you know as far as times changing and stuff this is this really I mean, it fits me perfect because I prefer to do it this way too, but I've sold, you know, in, in this calendar year, I've sold at least 10 pieces that, you know, you're talking quarter of a million dollar combine, tractors, whatever, mm-hmm. no phone calls. Yeah. We texted. Yeah. We emailed. We tweeted. Private message. Yeah. No phone calls. I don't know what the guy sounds like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then one guy, I sold him the second thing and he goes, well this is two so i figure we should probably hear each other on the phone i'm like that's probably a good point i bought and sold a lot of stuff privately via email and text oh yeah mm-hmm. never said a word to them mm-hmm. they even came picked it up like transferred money and everything else i didn't even see him pick it up right you know i told him like hey it's over here come pick it up yep. you know, whenever you're ready thanks we're good to go and and I've done that with stuff I've bought on Big Iron, you know, if it's, yeah. if I can manhandle it, then they're like, yeah, well, we're not going to be here, but it's by the shed. I'm like, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's, it's, uh, the way that we deal with customers moving forward is going to be so dynamically different than we dealt with them five, even five years ago. Um, well, with, with the internet, social media, texting, all that, you fit into their schedule so much better. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had, I noticed the other day, it really intrigued me because a guy had a thing on there and it, it wasn't a viral post, but there was probably 15 to 20 comments on it about salesmen stopping at the farm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, don't come to my house, come to my office. You know, and then one of the other guy's comments was like, well, you know, my house is the office type deal. And the other thing was, don't come at lunch when I'm eating, you know, don't, there was a bunch of other things on there. It was kind of a, from a farmer's standpoint, a yeah. how-to for a new salesman, yeah. you know. And it was it was kind of funny because he was like, don't, you know, show up and shove a tractor down my throat the first time we've ever met, you know, kind of thing. And, and it was kind of funny because some guys were like, well, you know, he's doing his job. You know, he's there to sell something. And another guy was like he should never do that the first time you know and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff it was it was a pretty cool post yeah no and I, 
And that's where this world, boom, it's there. Right. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm ready whenever you are. You know, and that's what I tell my guys. I'm like, message me. I'll do my best to always message you back, and you message me when you have time. You know, so talk about it from your perspective. You're a 20-something farmer, mm-hmm. rancher. Mm-hmm. Francher. <laughs> You're a farmer and a rancher. And so how's that? You know, when, when you talk with Tyson and all that, I mean, what's his approach and what's his mindset when he's talking to guys? So, yeah, time for us time for us yeah. is a huge deal. So mm-hmm. we have two little kids at home, um, you know, and, and we both work. I work out of the home all day long, um, and he's out working all day long. So when we get home at 6 o'clock, it is, it's kid time. It's feed him supper, give him baths, okay, and then, you know, maybe at 9 o'clock, that's our time to work on our business, do our research, Um but, you know, the same thing for my husband. He's out working and, and, you know, actually out physically doing things all day long. So he doesn't have the time to go sit in town in a sales guy's office for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want anybody to be calling him and bothering him, trying to sell him something during the daytime. Because he's got other things that he's trying to get done from that, you know, 7 to 5 or 7 to 6 time frame. Because he knows... When I come home, I expect help with kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, the time frame that we're in right now, he's able to do that. So I fully um, want his help. Obviously, during planting and harvesting times, you know, he's nowhere to be found anywhere to help with the kids, which is, mm-hmm. I get that. Totally, totally understand the lifestyle, and it just is what it is. But, <laughs> 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 but... Regina um, Narge is hard ass. <laughs> but on the same time, like his time is very limited. So when he allocates that amount of time to go and buy something, right. you know, he already has his mind made up or he already has done a lot of the research online or he's already called and talked to our friends that have an experience with that piece of equipment or whatever um, before he even walks into the dealership or gives the dealership a call. So I think mm-hmm. it's super crucial for a sales guy to be cognizant of um, – a farmer or a producer's time because you know they're also they have other things they're trying to schedule in you know right. so they serve on local boards or you know mm-hmm. like I said they're trying to be involved in their kids activities um, you know anymore it just seems like everybody's so busy with their own different activities and things um, that it's harder and harder to get time from people it's harder and harder to schedule time with somebody else so right. you know there is no there isn't as much of the inner, younger generation they're not coming into the store and sitting in a sales guy's office for two three hours discussing a trade deal you know they're coming in and they already kind of know what they want they already have their mind kind of already made up right. um so they want that satisfaction to be able to make that decision and get it done within 30 minutes yeah I think something you said there is so important. What you just said was, when they come, when they, when they, you've, you've given the information via email and wherever else it's been, and they've done the research online. When they actually physically come in, they're like eighty-five percent sure mm-hmm. about what they want to do. There are some very critical questions they have, and most of those those answers or most of those questions are revolving around probably some level of technology and how it's going to work with whatever system they have or how they're going to gather information or whatever that is and how it's going to, how this new system is going to do that form. Most people, when they sit down with them, they, they're, they're going over with the, the most basic things with them at that point. Instead of letting the guy sit down from you and tell you what he's there, well, this is what I want, this is why I think I want it, and then you ask the simple questions of why, why do you want that, what are you trying to do, what are you trying to improve, 
what efficiencies are you trying to gain, where are your pinch points at, those kind of things. They've kind of got that figured out already. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to fine tune that, and then maybe maybe once what they find that they're eighty five percent sure they want may not even be the right thing for them at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? But don't. Tyler says it all the time. Don't assume for the customer. Let the customer make that decision. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's such a, such a vital thing you have. Things are, it's, it's not like, even when I, I didn't grow up on a farm or anything like that. So my, my family, like, we didn't have, my parents weren't involved in all the stuff, you know, school board and those kind of things. But it seems like now everyone's involved in all kinds of this, that, and the other. And your time is so valuable that if you want it to work, there's just, got to be a, a buffer between the outside world mm-hmm. and I think that like what he said is so important is when they when Tyson shows up to start working a deal or do whatever that you guys have collectively kind of made a decision on what you want to do mm-hmm. but you're just looking for the fine tuning part of it yep. so I think it gets so overlooked in the sales process today ask questions then shut up right but I also think too it's just it's the it's the generational Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we're at that we're at that point now. We're at that generational swing in the business. You know, you've got guys that have been doing it for thirty years, and they've worked with grandpa and dad, and now the new guys coming in, and he wants. You know, he has a completely different mindset than his grandpa and dad did, and even grandpa and dad had a different mindset than each other. But this is just like a hundred eighty degree difference between mm-hmm. the two, and that is a hard thing for some guys to absolutely get their head wrapped around. So it's just. Don't don't fight it. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. Yeah. Love it. Which too, like we've talked about a lot um, in previous podcasts, but you know, it's also I think kind of what's been driving the auction market. Because guys have already done their research, they've already looked at all this stuff online, they've already talked to their dealer or whatever information they needed to get. So they already kind of know what they're looking for. So when something pops up on an auction that's fits the bill for what's gonna work for their operation they're going to be looking to buy there too. Right. Um, you know, because it is that buy it, sign the paper, I'm done, you know, move on type attitude, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So, well, I think we had a pretty good one here. I think it got beat this from the desk. So anything else before we shut it down? Shut her down. Okay. Pull the plug, son. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Where can they find you on, on the interwebs? On the internet? Yeah. Uh, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter, and that's pretty much the best one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You can find me on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook um, if you just search for Gina Nargis. Okay. And you can find me, if you really want to, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Moving Iron LLC. Uh, also visit com. You can find past and present episodes of the Moving Iron podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, Moving Iron LLC uh, podcast oh my goodness (laughs) go to the moving iron podcast youtube channel and then after that um make sure that you just tune in next week so for uh aaron and regina thanks (laughs) for being on and listening thanks people and uh until next time let's go move some iron out